Hey everyone, welcome to Founders Fireside Chat, the show where we meet the next generation of startups and the founders behind them. Today we meet Katie Diosti, the founder of Viv for Your V. Viv is an earth-friendly period care brand that creates eco and socially conscious products. I had a great time talking with Katie and I hope you enjoy. Hey Katie, thanks so much for coming on. Do you mind starting with a brief background on yourself and Viv? Definitely. Um, yes, I'm Katie, founder and CEO of Viv. Viv is an earth-friendly, direct-to-consumer period care brand that I actually started during my senior year of college as a class project that I never stopped working on, pretty much. Um, it was an entrepreneurship class. It was all about finding a problem and coming up with a solution for it decided to dive into the hygiene and beauty space in particular, because at BC, um, at Boston College, where I started Viv, I was studying marketing, but also something called managing social impact and was really passionate about brands that were making an impact and speaking up for more social matters and were something more than just their products. And at the time, I was really frustrated with the way a lot of hygiene and beauty brands were speaking to women, and they were often thriving off our insecurities rather than empowering women. And I thought that was really frustrating and something that Gen Z would see right through as well and um, fell into like the period care space in particular and found so many problems in the space with you know, how many toxins are in traditional products, how much plastic waste is involved in period care but even like who has access to menstrual care and um, who are we calling people who have periods. And so the list of issues that needed to be solved seemed never ending. So I figured it'd be a great place to start and make a change in that industry in particular. Definitely want to kind of dive into those problems that you're seeing. Um, obviously, it's extremely important when looking at a startup, you know, seeing the founding team, how obsessed they are with the problem. And it, it's clear that Viv is very mission driven. Um, that's at the forefront of everything that you know, you do. And so I'd love to dive in deeper into those problems, how Viv is addressing them. Yeah, absolutely. So we're really passionate about innovation, as well as being inclusive in, in every way when it comes to our product line and also the language we use. So on the product line side, we're committed to being as plastic free as possible. So our pads and liners are completely plastic free, as well as bamboo based, which is actually really unique. We're one of the first brands to bring that to the US market. Um, and then we just launched a menstrual cup last summer, which is actually one of our top sellers. That's a reusable option and really does reduce a ton of waste. And we're seeing a lot of other health benefits around relieving a lot of symptoms and cramps for menstruators, which has been so cool. Um, and then our new product that we just launched is an organic cotton tampon with a plant-based applicator. And What's really cool about that is it acts and feels like plastic. So it's super comfortable to use, but it's actually plant derived instead of derived from fossil fuels and petroleum and things like that. So we have this kind of more vast product line now because we realize that everyone's on their own sustainability journey and everyone's body's a little bit different. And so if you're not comfortable using a cup yet and going more zero waste, like that's okay like wherever you want to start on your journey is awesome. And we're going to be there and have an alternative for you that you're going to really enjoy using. I noticed that, you know, you just recently launched your first tampon. And I guess uh, me, maybe not knowing a ton, I would assume that that might be someone's first product. Um, so kind of what was the thought process there? 
Yeah, absolutely. I know it's it's usually people's go-to, and so we're working so hard, um, especially in the U.S. market. Tampons are really big, and the interesting thing about these products is they're technically medical devices. They're low-grade medical devices, so you know have to be FDA registered. All of these things, and we first launched their pads and liners because it's a little bit lower of a grade of a medical device, um, but it was also a bit. Um, more accessible to bring to market faster. The space in general does make it a bit difficult for tiny startups like us to enter because they make, if you like actually are getting into the nitty gritty and see how these products are made, they make a lot at once. And so it's quite a bit of inventory to hold. And so we were really cautious as well as a brand of what manufacturer we wanted to partner with, like what exact product you want to bring market. And we're always super cautious of of what that does to our consumer and how they will perceive the brand moving forward. And so we were really thoughtful about it and it did take quite a bit of time for us to get to market, but we're so happy it's here because it's exactly what we were envisioning. Yeah. I, I like kind of being methodical, uh, staying true to your, your brand, even if it takes a little bit more time. Uh, I think that probably makes a ton of sense, especially for your, your customers who value, you know, your values. One, one term that you use, which I, I started thinking about it just through doing research is, is that, you know, these devices are medical devices. And um, one thing that I think is so great about Viv is, you know, you, you make a big effort in trying to shed light on different topics, raise issues um, that are important. And one of the, the issues that I learned about myself was the pink tax. Um, and that, that got me going as someone who comes from a healthcare background is why isn't this covered by insurance companies? Maybe they are, and I'm just naive. Um, but is that some issue that you're um that you guys are trying to work towards is the industry trying to work towards that as well yeah it's wild and it's frustrating because we see the pink tax in particular um across the entire like hygiene beauty space when it targets women and the way that industries like i mentioned thrive off insecurities they thrive financially off of the essential things that menstruators need which is really frustrating for us because we're passionate more about policy work and activism when it comes to the work we do. And something we've been more involved with is working directly with shelters and organizations that provide different policy and legislation that can create access for more menstruators in shelters and schools to have free products. And it's interesting being a for-profit company that does have a strong mission, but is still selling product to be so passionate about having more free products out there. Um, it's just understanding like how that should be provided and how structurally we can make that work to make period products more accessible because it is a necessity. It is a need. And there's always this comparison. It's like, if toilet paper is free in a bathroom, why aren't menstrual products there and free? And um, I think there needs to be a lot of policy changes around that to make it actually inclusive and equal world. And it seems like all this kind of ties back into your brand. Um, and and it, it seems like, you know, you know, the customer very well. And it, um, that that allows you to kind of shape your brand to be genuine to them and, and be genuine to yourselves. And so I was curious, um, first for you, how do you personally see the Viv brand? What does it mean to you personally? Oh my gosh, I love this. Um, even with the name, we we called it Viv because we wanted to personify the brand. And I think of Viv as like another member of our team almost. And um, she's we think of her as a sister, as a mentor, as this like badass person we look up to. And that's been really interesting to think about it that way because 
Viv is there to support you in your most annoying time of the month, but also we want to be there to support our customers during the whole month, not just that one week cycle. So that's how it's allowed us to perceive it. But what's really cool is we're a young team and we all are in our target demographic. We're all young Gen Z millennials that are building a brand for people who are eco-conscious and socially conscious, just like us. And we are really adamant about actually like talking to our customers a lot. Every now and then I'll do a batch of like interviews with our customers. And it's probably funny getting on a phone and talking about your period with a complete stranger, but so many people have been so open and willing to share their perspectives and insights. So we're really passionate about like getting feedback and growing from that feedback. Yeah, that's interesting. And it seems like it kind of also goes back to just making it a more comfortable topic to talk with, uh, talk about. um, Because I I think I'd imagine that it helps kind of iterate the product and make it better for the user. Um, So that makes a lot of sense for me. And then thinking in the long term, as you scale, you know, how, how do you maintain that connection to the to the customer? Obviously, it helps, you know, being a customer yourself. But as, as companies grow, uh, I imagine it becomes more difficult to maintain that brand. So are you um, consciously thinking about maintaining the brand throughout scale? Yes. Yeah, that is so important. And I think more than anything else, we're really passionate about community and building like the Viv community, which is actually become stronger as we've grown. And I'm actually really excited to grow because I think having more perspectives and more people that are passionate about the Viv mission will allow it to naturally build the brand itself too and be more of a collaborative effort amongst our customers. And even when we hear other people describe Viv to their friends or to one another or on their Instagram stories when they're sharing our products, it's so cool to hear how they describe Viv. And then we adopt some of those terms and things they use and make it more of like, we're building this brand together with our community. And I'm excited to see that grow um, continuously. Kind of switching gears. Um, I know right now you use online subscription model. Um, have you thought about going into stores? Um, is there a plan for that in the future? Yes. Oh my goodness. I think about this all the time. It's probably one of the things that keeps me up at night. Like when do we go into retail? Do we ever go into retail? We stay online and we're in a few small shops that are like sustainability shops or like pop-up shops and things that um, highlight new brands. And that's kind of our way to test, you know, how it does on a shelf. Like, does it still create the same emotions, the same interests, the same education on a shelf in a store that it does online? And as we mentioned, like we do care about being accessible, which is like why we have a subscription, but also one-time purchases if you want to just buy once. Um, and then really flexible subscription between every three to 10 weeks. But we also understand that being accessible might mean being in a store. And so while we, as we grow and can see more opportunities in that space, it's definitely something we're going to continue to think about. And maybe uh, it might be a part of, you know, as you were mentioning in the beginning, this is a tough and competitive space, especially for startups. So maybe being more brick and mortar, um, is it's tougher to enter as a smaller company. Is that a portion of it also? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's funny to hear because it's not just can you get onto the shelf. Once you're on the shelf, that's kind of the easy part. Now it's time to really market, really get the brand. And you do need a, quite a bit of a marketing budget and energy and team to make that happen. We're a three-person team. So we have some limited capacity of how much we can take on right now, but I think that'll be growing and then we can explore these bigger opportunities. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and one thing I was really impressed with and um, was kind of curious how you're able to do it is, you know, it seems like you take so much effort into the products and they're, um, you know, you're, you're finding more difficult materials to use, but obviously better for the end user. Um, but your prices are still competitive with with other um, companies in the space. And so how are you guys able to manage that? Uh, I also know that that kind of plays into your brand of being accessible to everyone. So I'd love to hear your thoughts there. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Um, I know I always have debates internally with our team and with other people and even some potential investors that are like, why don't you raise your prices? Like you could charge more for this. It's sustainable. It's toxin free. Like, but that's not the point here. It's like not the point to make something that should be a necessity and should be super accessible um, to be like less accessible based on cost. And I think something we've been noticing in the sustainability space and like clean consumer products is that it's oftentimes more expensive and less accessible. And to only have access to sustainability because of your socioeconomic economic status is not fair. And so we're hard believers of that. And um, we just do other things in our power to ensure that it works on our end as well so that we can scale, but still provide products that are within reach. And when it comes to budget, especially because we are targeting younger folks that are Gen Z, young millennials, and we all know that we don't have an insane budget to be spending on our menstrual care. Seems like that might be an issue with a lot of companies that are going for sustainable products. Um, it, it's tough to solve the the overarching issue, um, you know, of kind of helping the world if only a small percentage of the market can actually afford those products. Um, so yeah, I, I see that kind of all fitting into the vision. Um, switching gears here, uh, I'd love to hear more about financing and kind of how you approach it. And then maybe for some other founders listening in, if there's some uh, lessons learned um, that might help them along their similar journey. Oh my goodness, yes. We actually just closed our pre-seed round um, not too long ago. So I was doing lots of pitching to old guys about periods, uh, which was quite an experience. And I, I listened to that your episode on the the podcast with Viv about oh, that. I thought oh that was really God, interesting. No way. Yeah. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's great to hear. Um, yeah, that was cool. We honestly had a lot of support and a lot of good success with pitching because I think people can see how passionate our team is about the problem we're solving. And um, they also understand how big of a market this is once we lay it out for them. There's definitely some investors who don't get it. And I think that'll be true in every single space in every single industry. It's you're always going to pitch to someone. And it's kind of that analogy. It's like, you might be the most amazing apple, but someone's always not going to like apples. And I think that's true in the pitching world and the fundraising angel investing world as well. And um, I have heard that a lot of times they gravitate towards investing in team. And if you're showing hard work, you're showing growth and you're showing passion, that's was a game changer in our sense, I believe. And that's what's allowed us to get to where we are now. And so after closing that pre-seed, we're allowed to make a little bit more of an impact because we have actual budgets for things. And being a female founder, I knew I needed traction before just going and pitching something that I threw onto a slide. And that's exactly what we did. We bootstrapped. We were super, super scrappy. Like the stories I have about how scrappy we were probably humorous and borderline illegal um, <laughs> but we were ensured that we had some numbers to to show them and to show mm -hmm. hey like people want this product and all we need is a budget to see this grow because we've laid everything else out we just need this to press go 
I know a lot of founders, you know, it's more than just the capital. Uh, they want the support from the investors. And so obviously pitching to people who might not be um, super well acquainted with the product um, and maybe not having certain skill sets that might be useful. I guess, what were you looking for in investors to help drive the company forward other than capital, obviously? I was really passionate about finding people who, in some sense, we have a few investors that are also founders and are either building brands or have built really successful companies. And that's been so amazing because they get it. They truly get what it's like to be an early stage entrepreneur and how to get something from the ground up. And that's been really valuable. And uh, we have some of our investors who mentor us directly on like growth marketing for consumer products, but those mentors who also are helping with like team dynamics and how to pitch and like how to navigate different like legal structures of your company are also so important, but more than anything else, it's people who believe in us and trust us. And so the fact that we can make these larger social stands and movements, and we're not going to hear any backlash from our investors of like, Hey, Viv, why are you posting about like this somewhat controversial matter? They're, they trust us. They truly believe we know how to build this brand and we know our audience inside and out. And that's something I definitely look for. I kind of want to switch gears uh, for a moment just to go into recruiting. Um, so obviously a small team right now, um, but what's been your approach to kind of attracting top talent? I, I imagine a lot of employees are kind of attracted to the mission uh, and want to be a part of that. They are. And I had so much trouble with this for a while, to be honest, with like building the correct team. And I think at an early stage, a lot of it is one passion, but two are they willing to roll up their sleeves and do and work? We get so many people reaching out to us that are like, I'd love to help strategize or like brainstorm. Awesome. But at a tiny company, when you have three people, we don't need strategy. We need people to do, we need doers. And we always say that internally. It's like, we need people who are just going to create and build and start. And that's how you can get a company off the ground, not just thinking up ideas and not doing anything with them. So that's what I look for as someone who's more of a doer. Yeah, that, that, that makes a ton of sense. Um, and then just rounding out the last, uh, the last questions, um, what excites you most about Viv? Oh my gosh, everything. <laughs> no, um, I think what's been so cool is seeing how much energy Viv can create amongst our consumer base and how it can unify people. The fact that a lot of even our interns that we've met, the other people we've met have come directly from a social media post or another person that told a friend of a friend of a friend about Viv and how cool of a brand they thought it was has been amazing. And I think the networking community that we're building is something that gets me up every day. Yeah, I, I think that you keep on talking about the community. And I think that's such a great theme to talk about because great products, I think, build great communities because you have a lot of ambassadors who um, care and want to share how much they love about the product. So I think that's really great to hear. Um, and then ending it, I like to do something I like call the fast five uh, standard set of questions, ask every founder. Uh, it's interesting just the overlap and the differences to hear within these answers. Uh, so starting with number one, what's the most important piece of advice you give a fellow entrepreneur? Just start. Oftentimes, we wait to create something perfect. But if you're not embarrassed of the first thing you ever launch, you're not doing it right. Launch something that's awful and terrible and then grow and change it and iterate it from there. What's a tool that every entrepreneur should implement in their company? 
I will say we do a question of the week every week with our entire team that dives deeper into understanding each other's more like on a personal base and be more focused on personal growth along with um, professional growth. What's the most important KPI you track and why? Um, honestly, engagement right now. And how, how do you think about engagement? Yeah. So it's funny because we always go back and forth between, of course, conversion and sales are so important. But if we're going to engage someone, have them actually click on our content, follow, comment, like be sharing something, that's amazing. And if they're if it's something so moving that they're willing to share it with others and spread the word about what we're doing, then that's super impactful. So more on like a social engagement side of things. Uh, who's another founder that you view as a personal mentor? Oh, I have so many founders that are mentors to me um, that are amazing. I don't know if I can pick one. Um, we've recently gotten closer with the Youth to the People um, founding team, and they are incredible. They're building such an impactful brand, and the way they stand up around social movements is so inspiring to me, and how humble they are is so inspiring to me, too. And then pitch Viv in 30 seconds. Viv is an earth-friendly period care brand created by team of young Gen Z millennials who are eco-conscious and socially conscious for people just like us. That's awesome. That's everything I had. I really appreciate your time. This has been awesome getting to know you and getting to know Viv. Um, but thanks again for the time. Yeah, thank you. This is so fun. Thanks everyone for tuning in to today's episode. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe to stay on top of the latest episodes. Thanks again. And I look forward to taking you along the next fireside chat. Mm-hmm.